Hey, what's up, everybody? And welcome to Rethinking Youth Ministry, where every single week we get to sit around in a circle with our friends and we get to talk about things like youth ministry and life and what in the world we're supposed to do with all these teenagers <laughs> before they graduate. And so I'm excited for us to jump into this conversation today. Uh, I am Brett and I'm super pumped to be joined by Ashley. Hey! And Candice. Hey! And Crystal. Hi, guys. And so, ladies, today we're going to be talking through this idea of what should your youth ministry be doing over the summer? So the first question I want to ask is, you are 16 years old, and it is the end of May, you're about to get out of school, and you have the summer ahead of you. What are you most excited about? So 16-year-old Candace, Crystal, or Ashley, what are you most excited about for June and July? Sleeping in. Sleeping in? That's <laughs> yes. a good one. Why are we skipping to June and July? May 29th is my birthday. That is what I'm so <laughs> excited I'm sorry. about. Your birthday end. is over in this scenario. No. Yep. No. It is past. We're still celebrating it. Nope. You had I'm a, an only child. You we had, celebrate all summer. You had a few snow days, <laughs> so school didn't get out until the beginning of That's July or June. a horrible scenario. <laughs> so, well, mine is the 9th, so I get to celebrate. July 9th, so I get to celebrate it, but there you go. it's still sleeping in. I was never a sleeper. I, I didn't like to sleep. I, I liked to be awake when the sun was up. So I would say 16-year-old Ashley would probably be most excited for hanging out with her friends and like parties in the summer. Okay. And probably like the soccer and basketball tournaments I was going to. Okay. That's probably what I'd be most excited about. All right. So birthdays, mm-hmm. sleeping, and parties. Parties. <laughs> parties and games. Does it tell you anything about me? And not sleeping. Not much has changed. <sighs> oh. Okay. So we're talking about this whole idea. Wait, Brett, what did you like in the summer when you were a kid? That is a good oh, question. Man. Um, Probably hot dogs at the ball game. No. <laughs> Youth group. Youth group he was. Yeah, I mean, he was sure, like, there was fun. No programming during the summertime. I mean, it like. When I look back to my kind of middle high school years of, of summer, it really was just like lazy summers. Mm. Like I probably had some sort of a job at some point doing something in the summers, but for the most part, it was like going to Buddy's house. And I mean, I literally remember sitting in like fold out chairs on my driveway with my buddy Matt and just hanging out. Just literally sitting outside and just hanging out. So 16-year-old Brett is like 70-year-old Brett. It's pretty much the same guy. (laughs) It's pretty much going to be the same person. We started our own basketball league one summer. I'm sorry, what? Basketball. It's like a, a, it's a basketball shooting sport with baseball rules. It's like soccer That's ball. It's a blast. It's a lot of fun. Like double the sports I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> So that's what I would, and it was wonderful. I, I was also a sleeper, sleep until 11.30 or 12, mm. stay up till 2 or 3. Mm. No? I wasn't staying up late. You weren't staying no, up? No, I was still going to bed You were still, <laughs> you just got 15 hours of sleep a day. Exactly. In the summer. Incredible. <laughs> still the same way. 8 o'clock. Bye, Mom and Dad. I'm going to bed. Yep. Okay. So let's talk through, off the top of your head, what was the, the summer ministry thing whether you were growing up or when you were when you're doing ministry that you were most excited about, so something ministry related over the summer that oh, you would church get really camp. excited. Church camp for sure. I mean, I don't think we called it church camp. We called it summer camp or 
whatever the name of that group right. was. But yeah, for sure. I love it. Did you it. grow up going? I started going when I was 15 or 16. Okay. When a local youth group that actually wasn't a super common thing in the town where I was from, but one local church did. And there was a, a cute boy who invited me. So who's going to say no, right? And so <laughs> I went to church camp and I was like, this is a thing people do. This is great. <laughs> I would say for me, I'll, I'll speak to me as the youth pastor, because can't say that I was really too, well, I guess I was into the church a little bit um, growing up. But for me, it would be, this might sound really, really crazy, but I'm going to say it, just the access to students. Okay. Because their schedules weren't as crazy busy freer. during the summer. They were much more free. And they would come up to the church and just hang out. And what do you, what do you need me to do? Oh, I've got a long list of things that you can help me with. You had a lot of assistance. And, oh, a ton of assistance. And it was a lot of, it was really fun because it was, it was relationship building in a different kind of way. So yeah. I really, really enjoyed that. I'm also going to speak from the youth pastor point of view because I was not part of a youth group growing up. Um, I would say definitely summer camp. That was super fun, but also mission trips. Mm-hmm. I, I have a big passion for that. So I would always look forward to that with our youth ministry. Yeah, I think the I think the big thing that I look back at in, in my ministry years was those those mission trip, those work, those work camps, whether it was a junior high one or senior high one, we did one uh, every summer, but those were those were the big ones for me. One of my most proud ministry moments is that a couple summers uh, when I was young in ministry, we did something called LL Cool Day. Where it was, it was yeah. <laughs> Can we take a guess to figure out what this yeah, is? Yeah, what do you think it was? It was I think over, it's a water day, water play it was day. over the summer for a, a couple summers. I cannot fathom. This is like the most Brett title I've so, ever heard. I, I would say it sounds like water games. Okay. So instead of uh, ladies love, if you're familiar with what LL Cool J stands for, it was actually lunch and learn cool no. day. So we did a book study over the summer. And it was like, hey, you you come, <laughs> yeah. So we had, we would hang out, we would eat lunch together, and then we would talk about like the book that we were that we were. It was obviously mostly senior high students. They were, it wasn't this really was a obviously thing. obviously high school. This was you as a youth pastor yeah, or as, as a youth pastor? A youth pastor. Not a water park. Yeah, yeah. No. This was a this was a book study. So eat it. You guys were wrong. <laughs> Okay, so my first question is, I know when it comes to programming events, different things like that, there are different strategies the different churches have. There are some churches that say, hey, you know what, except for a couple of big trips, we're taking the summers off. We're going to give our leaders breaks. People are busy anyway. Summers just in general are shorter now. Pretty much most summers used to be three months long, and now they're pretty much just like six to eight weeks for a lot of different places, and then you're already into fall. So some places just say, hey, we're just shutting it down. It's we're not really going to do anything. Mm-hmm. And then some places continue on. They've got their normal programming. What, what would you say are the pros and cons when it comes to trying to make the decision of what's the right move for us? Do we shut it down, give everybody mm-hmm. a break, or do we keep pushing through? Whew, this is a hard one because I feel like it's not a cookie cutter answer for mm-hmm. everybody. Right. And I see both sides and I feel both sides strongly. But I remember being so frustrated as a youth worker, and I'm sure a lot of people listening feel this way. You work so hard to put on a program and you have like one fourth of the students mm-hmm. show yeah. up because mm-hmm. depending on, you know, the culture of the area you're you're serving in, like for me, the church that I was serving in in Maryland in the summer, a lot of the families had like homes at the 
Ocean City, Maryland mm-hmm. at the beach. So they'd be gone a lot of times on the weekends. And so we would work so hard to have programming, regular programming, and volunteers would get frustrated yep. because no, none of their kids would show up, but they mm-hmm. showed up. Or, you know, we would feel like, is it, should we be doing this much of like this much production yeah. for like, is there a different way to think about it in the summer, at least in that context? Right. And we actually ended up moving to, um, we would, well, there was a several shifts that we made, but one that's sticking out in my mind right now is we would do like, um, a summer break before school started again, mm-hmm. because we would have school until mid June just because of snow days up there. And then we would start, we'd have to have everything back running by school schedule mid August. Cause that was when fall sports started. Mm. And so we would do like the first two weeks of August, we would shut down everything. Okay. Um, but we would have normal programming through the summer, but it was like, it felt like stripped down normal yeah. programming. I don't know. What about you guys? I feel like we have done every different kind of model. There was a, a few years where we took the summer off. There was a five weeks of summer where we did five like interesting things once a week, but hmm. none of them were regular programming. And then for a lot of years, we've done regular programming. And I see both sides too. Mm-hmm. As a volunteer, I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I want to, I want to go on vacation with my family too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I want to take a break too. So I get that. But I also see from the kids' perspective of what is it communicating, even unintentionally, even unconsciously, when we just totally shut down for the summer? Yeah. You know, is there is there a way to communicate that your relationship with God keeps going when your programming doesn't? Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's the, the line that I, I, I set it to, or the seat, the seat that I set into. You know, and I've, I've done both as well. I've, you know, had programming over the, over the summer, and I've also shut down mm-hmm. over the summer as well. You know, keeping it going you know, one of my previous churches, we was a predominantly student led experience, worship experience. Mm. So our students ran production, our students were leading the worship team, our students were hosting, they were doing everything. And they were completely ghost. Mm. And it was mm-hmm. so challenging to keep that oh, same, you know, that same momentum, and then even pick back up, you know, when August roll back around and students are full swing back into into school. Um, one of the things that I did like about still keeping programming go- going over the summer is that it was an opportunity to just one continue with those intimate relationships because it was fewer there were fewer students. Mm-hmm. And then also it was an opportunity to connect with those who were in town maybe visiting a different parent for the summer or in mm-hmm. town visiting a grandparent or an aunt and uncle or something. And I began to learn who our summer students were. Hmm. And ask about them during the regular school year. If I see, you know, their relative, you know, how's Ryan doing? Mm-hmm. You know, so and then when the student came back, they felt like they had a place. Love that. So we got in a really, really good groove with that of just knowing, you know, who our summer students would be. Yeah. Um, but it, it's it's a challenging, you know, position to sit in because, like, you're right. You know, what what is the message that it gives? But then if if you're not able to offer an experience that you know is 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 of quality and if the standard that you normally offer then what does that kind of yeah. give as well yeah you if, if you're going to continue you have to lean into the idea that it that it's going to be different mm-hmm. that there's whether it's the, the energy is going to be different there's going to be like you have to lean into that own yeah. it, mm-hmm. and then pl- and then plan accordingly around that in some ways if your students walk into your environment 
and they have no recollection of when it is in the season, it's almost like they should be able to figure it out when mm. they're in there. Like mm. it should feel like it's it's fall or it's the middle of summer. You know what I mean? Like there should be should be able to plan accordingly based on what you know about your ministry and what kind of the rhythm of the schedule is going to look like. I remember feeling frustrated a lot because when we tried to continue having our small groups meet on Sundays through the summer, so many times we would run into a problem where like, well, this small group only had one or two girls show up or guys show up. And it's like awkward to have a conversation sometimes with that small of a group Mm -hmm. or that leader wouldn't show up. So you ended up like combining small groups, which goes kind of against the whole idea of like having a, a place and a person that's consistent. So it kind of felt like, I don't know if this is helping or hurting, like, because we're not strengthening the small groups that exist Mm -hmm. the other parts of the year. And it feels like, are we just doing this to check a box off Mm -hmm. rather than actually have fruit from it? So let me ask this question. Do you think that there's a difference between having a summer strategy and just having summer events and programming? Oh, for sure. Yeah. For so sure. how would how would you define that difference? Because in some ways it might just be semantics. But so for you, what's the difference between saying, okay, here's our summer strategy versus saying, hey, this is these are the, the few events that we're going to do over the summer or programming or whatever? Well, I think there's almost always a difference between programming and strategy because a strategy is a plan to reach a particular goal, right? Mm-hmm. And so if that's the case, do we have goals in mind? for what we want every kid to get out of this summer. And then if we do, are those goals that require programming? Because programming is just a tool, Yeah. right? So if my goal is I want every kid to be active in their faith this summer, then that might happen in a number of avenues that don't require me to have programming because we live in a very much a vacation-taking area. Like people are gone for two, three, five weeks out of the summer. Yeah. So sometimes the strategy doesn't require us to have programming. Sometimes it does. Yeah. Well, and I think a strategy of events or your summer programming should lead to something next. Like each Mm. touch point Mm -hmm. you have in the summer shouldn't just be a touch point for touch point's sake. It's supposed to lead you to what's next, almost like steps towards the goal that you were just talking about, Crystal. Well, and when you were kind of talking about, Ashley, the frustration of when we lower attendance in the summer and the fact that it just happens more often Mm -hmm. where, hey, we're doing our normal small group thing and... No, nobody showed up or only one person showed yeah. up versus the seven or eight we, we might normally have. You know, to me, the difference sometimes is, you know, the programming says, all right, every single week we're going to get together and we're going to do these things. And there's a goal for this time. But over the summer, does that goal actually get met by the programming? Kind of like what you were talking about, or does it need to be something different? Mm-hmm. And the reality is I've experienced over the summer what tends to have a greater impact is not that regularly scheduled time, but it's having some strategic offsite small group gatherings. Mm-hmm. So like if if my middle school group of, of seventh grade boys, if we did an outing together in June and an outing together in July, that's probably those two gatherings are probably gonna equal, because we do in the church that I go to, we, we continue to have Sunday morning middle school programming the whole time. So when I'm not around, that's another great thing we could talk about at some point is giving leaders a break, even if you have programming, by having multiple small group leaders, because there are going to be weeks I'm not going to mm-hmm. be around and my guys aren't going to get stuck with whoever. They're going to have Taylor. They're going to have Mac. 
And so those two kind of separate events, one in June and one in July, is probably gonna have a greater impact towards, towards the goal of what we're trying to get in those times than the eight times that we are gonna have small group yeah. on Sunday morning mm-hmm. that is gonna be between you know one and four of our students that are, yeah, that are showing up. That. I think though on the other side, I mean, I know working at Transit, which is the middle school environment at North Point, we used to take the summers off. Um, because a lot of small group leaders, you know, had plans in the summer and when they wouldn't show up, then the kids wouldn't show up. And so we used to take the summer off of small group time. Mm-hmm. So small group leaders could have off, but then we switched programming where we tried to recruit two or three leaders per group, two adults, one high school student, where if one of the leaders wasn't there, at least one or two of the other leaders was. Yeah. And we actually saw an increase in attendance by 30%. Wow. Mm-hmm. So it's I, I, f- I feel like that's what's so hard about this conversation is it it doesn't work the same for every church, right. which is really hard because you have to make a lot of mistakes in your programming to figure out what actually works for your community, <laughs> it feels like. Yeah. So. so for me, I've had to in the past be very, very intentional about summer strategy. Um, events is okay, but... You know, I've been in settings where students get really, really bored and, you know, students everywhere get really, really bored sometimes and make some, you know, poor decisions. You know, Crystal, where I've been, not everyone has been able to take two or three weeks mm-hmm. summer vacations. You know, many students did, were doing literally nothing during the summertime. Yeah. So we had to, you know, have opportunities during the week where students could just come up to the church, you know, um, open door. Hey, come up here. We've got something. We'll figure out something yeah. for you to do. Just let us know you're coming, you know. But trying to, you know, lay out the summer in a way to give to expose students, um, we would do our mission trips in the spring or during spring break, not necessarily during the summer um, for entirely mm-hmm. different reasons. So we didn't necessarily have any kind of mission trips that we were doing, but we would lay out our summer in a way that really, really gave students an opportunity to explore their area and then maybe even get away and do something away in a way mm-hmm. that they might not have gotten an opportunity to do with their family. Yeah. Um, there was one young lady in particular that I remember speaking with and I asked her, um, you got big plans this summer? And she says, yeah. And I said, what are you doing? And everything that she said she was doing were the things that the church was doing. Mm. And then she said, oh, I might hang out with some of my cousins, too. I might see them a little bit more. But I'm really excited about this summer. And she was excited about the things that we had lined up, you know, the journey to take them through throughout the summertime. And things like that really just mm-hmm. allow you to, one, connect with your, you, you know, your students in a different kind of way. Um, you never know who might be there who just cannot get away for the summer and is literally bored all day. Yeah. Who might even be home and not have any food to eat throughout the summertime mm-hmm. because they're on free or reduced lunch at school. So just taking into account different ways that you can connect with those kind of populations too through your programming, through your strategy, through whatever it is that you're doing yeah. over the summer. Mm. I, one thing I do love about summer that you've said multiple times is just the open scheduling mm-hmm. opportunities that mm-hmm. that you have. And yes, there are, whether it's travel sports or people traveling on, you know, the weekends way more often or different, like those kind of things happen. But the reality is you've got somebody mm-hmm. who's at home that week or that day. And if you said, hey, can I pick you up for lunch? Yep. I mean, yep. you can you can do that three times a week pretty easily mm-hmm. all summer all summer long. So what are what are some ideas or some creative ways that you guys think that youth ministries at large could probably start implementing to take advantage of some of that organic open schedules and what does that look like so for So you were talking about schooler? open schedules. I love the story, Candace, that you just shared about mm-hmm. that girl sharing everything you had lined up for mm-hmm. you know your youth ministry plans 
That's so cool. But I'm wondering, is it different for middle school students or young high school students who can't drive versus high school students who can drive? Hmm. Crystal, what are your thoughts? Oh, it's so different. Once they start driving, there are so many opportunities. Like I've noticed with the group that I'm leading now, there's just something about the personality of the group. They don't respond well to pre-planned events. They respond great to spur of the moment. Mm. And that was tricky when they were in ninth grade and they were home alone. And like, that's just right. their personality. That has nothing to do with driving. And so it would be like, hey, let's hang out. Okay, my co-leader and I are going to set up driving routes where right. we come to get you. Whereas now, if we say, hey, I'm going to be at, at this Starbucks in an hour. Who's going to hang out with me? it gets such a great response and they can all just kind of hop in the car yeah. and come over. Mm -hmm. um, and it also creates great opp opportunities to be like just silly everyday things I would do any anyway. Like, hey, I'm, I'm going to go grocery shopping. Will somebody go with me? I don't want to go by myself. Yeah. And some kid shows up and like buys groceries with me, but we talk for 30 minutes and then mm -hmm. she hops in the car and goes home. Yeah. That makes summer programming easier when they can jump in a car and do something like that oh, for yeah. 30 minutes. Yeah, and I think, I mean, you know, I think it's a give and take. For, for middle schoolers, they have, they have less options. So in my experience, I feel like there have been more middle schoolers that might fall into the category that you were talking about earlier, Candace, where what they get really excited about are all these things that are already planned because they know that that's what they're going to do. But high schoolers, because they're a little more free, they're going around, they're doing all these other things that they already have planned, they're not as involved in the pre-planned things that the church is doing. I think you're, it's contextual. I totally disagree. I think it's completely contextual. Sure. Because not every high school student that I, you know, you know, they might be able legally to drive, but do they have a car? Right. Do their parents right. have a car? Right. You know, mm -hmm. um, it just really just thinking about that side of things, you know. Mm -hmm. And then there's some middle school students who have the same freedom. Mm-hmm. I mean, and so it's really, really just contextual. For it's sure. based on your situation, you, you know, how, you know, um, I guess metropolitan your city is, you know, yeah. how, how used to are your kids used to hopping in an Uber mm -hmm. or hopping on the on a city bus, you know, or maybe even riding their bike somewhere. You know, I've had kids who rode their skateboards, you know, miles just to get to the church because they're just like, I just want to get there. I have no money to get on the bus. I'm like, I'll come pick you up. And you're like, no, I'm good. I'd rather ride my skateboard and to get some practice in, you yeah. know. So it really just depends upon, you know, where you are, what kind of students, you know, with the with the context is that you're that you're working with, mm -hmm. whether students have the ability to hop in a car. You know, some I know I did when I was in high school. I could just hop in my car and go. When yeah. I got in 11th grade, I was driving and I thought I was cool. And my, <laughs> well, my was that I have a Chevy Camaro, T-tops off Whoa. and everything. It was 19, it was a 93. Yeah, I thought I was too cool. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> totally off topic here. Um, but there's, there's many students who I've served who just are not able to do that. And having that open door for them just really just gives them something to do. Yeah. Let's go back to the question of summers, more relaxed scheduling, at least more relaxed schedules for, for students. What are some ways that we can take advantage of that as ministry leaders or even as small group leaders to, to create better, better connections with our students? I, so one thing that I've done, right, is what parent doesn't want to leave the house a little bit early before going to work to drop their kid off at church <laughs> for the day, <laughs> right? And take advantage of that. So maybe having a day, hey, this is a cleanup day. Who wants to come up to the church and help clean up? And I totally use it. I mean, I've, you know, hey, come up here and had an opportunity, get community service hours, 
We've done some fun videos, you know, rap rolling kids up in this long fabric that we found in some back of some closet, <laughs> you know, boomerang videos. But it was just a lot of fun having pizza parties there, just allowing the students to help out around with the ministry because, you know, summer cleaning is a great time to shift some things around. Uh, maybe rearrange a room, set up a room differently, you know, paint some stuff, do whatever, yeah. you know, use them for that. I love that. Yeah. And I love like the idea of shifting from sitting around and talking about something and then actually like when you have more margin and more time with them shift to actually doing it with them and mm. alongside them, whether that's inside the church or outside the church, you know, like it's a lot easier to serve with students in the summer because yard work is always an option mm -hmm. and it's hard to find things mm -hmm. that middle schoolers that people trust middle schoolers to do. You know what I mean? And so I love that idea of where can they serve in the church? Where can they serve outside of the church mm -hmm. and, and really kind of take, maybe turn the volume up on application mm. in the summer. For sure. One of my favorite summer opportunities, uh, particularly the, the community I came from, there's not a lot of opportunities to travel. That's not, mm -hmm. that's not really possible, but it was a vacation Bible school town. Every yeah. church oh, did yeah. one, if not two. Like <laughs> it was, where will my kids stay today? <laughs> right? And it was phenomenal for high schoolers because there typically wasn't a high school experience attached, right? There wasn't, most of the time there wasn't like a teen vacation Bible school class but they were part of the service and they were they were like this army of volunteers that could show up and when little they'll say oh i don't want to do that because that's for little kids but if you let them show up and be in charge of something yeah and the little kids look up to them it is like fuel mm. and i loved taking high schoolers like we would we would serve at our church and then go volunteer at other churches because that was just <laughs> something that like who wants more volunteers we have more volunteers it was great mm. That's so cool. You know, some families begin, and as I, my, my children get older, they're still, you know, pretty young now, but I'm learning to connect with parents on along the the, the rhythm of life a little bit differently. Yeah. Um, but, you know, some parents begin planning for summer as early as February, right? You know, where your mm -hmm. kids are going to go for um, summer camp, you know, where are you going to vacation? Some people have that laid out, you know, by February. Um, but then there's others who get to June and are scrambling, trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I've tried to do as a youth pastor is to always be a resource hub for my parents. Mm -hmm. And so towards the end of the school year, you know, I would say, Hey, have you figured out what your kids are going to do yet? If not, here are some resources. Mm -hmm. There's some different programs that they can be a part of. Here are some different places that summer jobs are pretty much already lined up at that point. But here are some people who I know that are still looking for, to hire students for the summertime. Mm. Here are some camps that they can be a part of that might be free. Um, so just, and then even being able to just saying, laying it out there. And we even have an open door policy too, you know, just let us know. But being that support to parents, because some parents just don't know and they mm -hmm. need, um, they need the church to be that 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 re that place of resource for them. Yeah. You are such connected. a good youth pastor. Mm -hmm. That's, That's really awesome. cool. That's yeah. really awesome. It's, what it really is is just seeing the need and learning how to respond to it. You know, um, I think that, uh, and and then again, I think I even got better as I. <laughs> had kids, you know, because I wasn't, yeah. when I first became a youth pastor, I wasn't thinking about, oh, summer break, what are these parents doing with their kids? And I'm just thinking, you know, hey, whatever, you know, uh, but. I have, I have a quick question. When I brought up LL Cool Day, why didn't you say that I was a really good youth pastor? Because like <laughs> I mean. Corny. Like you just affirmed <laughs> that Candace. You were with... such a good youth pastor. <laughs> 
Brett, you are the best. That was great. Look, 15-year-old me would have loved LL Cool Day. If it had anything to do with water games, I would have been in. It did. Right. So I'm transitioning back. Um, so I know if, if you're in a kind of a small group cultured ministry, one of the things that we always talk about is we want to push our small group leaders outside of our normal program. We want them connecting with their students outside of just what's happening on Wednesdays or Sundays, et cetera. And summers, I mean, we're encouraging them to do that as, as much as possible, but really summers is one of the easiest, most tangible times for that to happen. You know, unless your small group leaders have a full-time job or anything. Well, but still, <laughs> I still think there's, I, th- I still think there's more margin no, you're right, you're in right. the I'm summers than there that. is in October. Is there though? It's just more daylight. Yeah. There's more daylight and the kids don't helps. have homework. I think it helps that there's no like, oh, I'm studying for a test so we can't do this thing on Thursday night. Yeah, they you don't have like, homework. You, you don't have do to have them back stuff. by 7.30 p.m. They can stay out later. Yeah. I would just say, as somebody who, I went from being a teacher small group leader, so I had summers off, to being a person who actually works in the summer. Yo. Feels <laughs> that different. was hard. Yeah. That mm-hmm. was hard. And so... Without a co-leader, I don't know that we could do a lot more in the summer than what we do now. Yeah. Um, co-leaders were like kind of a game changer for us. For sure. I was going to say, as a teenager, even though I didn't have school and I didn't have homework, like the sports tournaments and practices and games, like those leagues, mm-hmm. summer leagues and stuff were every day. So it was busier in some ways. Some In like. some ways, I yeah. felt like it was busier. Yeah. Hmm. So... But going back to the point that I was going to make before you guys all shot it down, which is, I pre- appreciate What, that. you being a good youth pastor? Yes, that's right. Um, <laughs> man. I think we need to name this episode LL Cool It's like Day. pick on Brett I think we need some more guys in this group. <laughs> so I think one of the most helpful things that we can do as youth leaders is to create some small group leader goals that are season specific. Uh, and I know we do, we actually create some of those things at goweekly.com. I don't know if you're familiar with that. You should check it out. It's a resource that we do here at Orange to help resource you to connect with parents and also to connect with small group leaders. Tell us a little bit about what we do with those small group leader goals, Ashley. So um, I'm looking at it right now on my phone, but our small group leader goals, the summer edition basically gives like a checklist of things for small group leaders to do with their students over the summer. So basically it, it considers what's going on and it considers all of the, the programming things that yeah. we just talked about, but it kind of simplifies their job yeah. in the summer and, and they only have to focus specifically, specifically on that. And so for example, you can give them this handout at the beginning of each season and it's basically giving them what to focus on. And and here, let me just read some of the ones that are on this list. Show up outside of the group because attendance can take a dip during the summer. Being present may require a little extra effort. Think about attending camp with your few or throwing a summer party. Look for ways to connect with them in different ways. The other things on this list, surprise your few with a summer treat, encourage parents and guardians, and and the list goes on. And you can actually get this resource free at rethinkingym.org, which is where you can find our show notes notes. And we have one of these for every single season. Yeah, they're awesome. And that kind of helps for for those of us who are small group leaders that might feel a little overwhelmed just for somebody to tell us, hey, here are the things that you should be doing. And and we don't have to plan them ourselves. That's Mm kind of nice. Yeah, because a lot of times there's a willingness, but there's just not, I don't, what do tell me something to do and I'll do it. Exactly. But they're going to not be in the headspace to be able to create something on their own. For sure. All right. Quick question. How would you guys handle graduated seniors? 
over the summer in your ministries? So I think there's a couple ways, right? Yeah. They either stay part of the ministry until the end of the summer and then you kick them out. Yeah. <laughs> or you kick them out at the beginning of the summer. Yeah. It depends then, on when the kind of the big move up day is or the right? graduation ceremony for your church, however you guys mm-hmm. handle that. I think my answer's changed mm-hmm. over the last couple of years. For a long time, I would have said, let them stay in the ministry over the summer. Don't kick them out before you have to, that kind of thing. But over the last few years, I've started to recognize the value of letting that small group leader walk with them into an adult transition and Mm. not just keeping them in youth group, but like going to big church together as a small group. And so that's, that's actually my plan for my own small group over senior summer is like, let's, let's go to big church together. Let's go visit college campuses together. Let's Mm. hang out together, but not like, let's get used to doing faith together outside of our normal youth group environment. I think that could be helpful. In fact, my my good friend, Gerald Fadayomi, and I created a senior summer bucket list for small group leaders yeah. that we'll, we'll give away in the show notes because we thought that was really fun. The other thing that, that's a big deal for some graduating seniors is college orientation happens over the summer, mm. which can be pretty disturbing and uncomfortable <laughs> if you're not ready for what college orientation is like. So we also have uh, free college orientation devotionals for them to take with them. Very cool. Yeah. What else? You guys, any thoughts with that? How you handle graduating seniors? Something that we used to do over the summertime with our graduating seniors, or those who just graduated, was have a what we called a life after high school talk. Hmm. And we would invite those who just graduated the two years prior, who were typically you know home a little bit for the summer, to come oh, back and so share fun. their newfound wisdom. So in order to come back and share your wisdom, you could have only been out of high school for two years. If you were out three years and beyond, then you could not come back. <laughs> and it became a pretty cool thing that students started looking looking forward to being able to, you know, be the, the senior, the graduating senior sitting in that seat and then the new ones coming back. And our conversations got so raw. <laughs> and it was, but it was healthy and it was good conversation and it was needed to prepare students for what they were going to experience in the quote unquote real world. Yeah. I love that. Mm -hmm. I've known churches who, for their graduating seniors, have a graduating seniors mission trip. And because naturally, when you have a mission trip, you have meetings that lead up to it. So it's almost like a new small group that forms in a way or a new community. And you basically walk them through the summer, especially if you plan that trip towards the end of the summer, like before they go into college. So it's you use the trip meetings as a way to kind of help transition them out of the youth ministry. And they have this experience together and then launch them into what's next. Yeah. Um, and I know churches that have had a lot of success with that. Yeah. One of our strategies with our graduating seniors was to use our opportunity to honor them and to give them a chance to share their stories as a way to cast a vision to the the incoming younger grades mm-hmm. of of how to set up their expectations and what they don't want to miss during of during course. their time. So uh, the first, we, we always had our transitions, kind of what you're saying, your, your, your previous strategy was. Mm-hmm. Ours were always in the fall mm-hmm. at that point. And so we would have kind of our, you know, our, our, our senior Sunday in our youth ministry the same day that our incoming youngest grade got mm-hmm. moved up. And so the first year that was the, you know, the actual middle school and high school for that year, we also had our technically mm-hmm. college freshmen then lead everything. And they're... So you had huge numbers over the great, summer. Great, huge, yeah. Because you had five grades. Oh, no, 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 no. That was just that one week. Oh, I no. thought for the whole summer, the you're summer. like, our numbers are huge. So if you were, for, for instance, like the first Sunday in August, <laughs> if it. you were a 12th grader, you were a 12th grader until the first Sunday of August the next week, and so or the next year. So anyway, and so we would have, you know, what we're now college freshmen 
freshmen who were seniors that whole previous year. Sharon, you know, what are your favorite ministries of the or What are your favorite stories of this? What are your favorite memories of here? What's one thing that you wish you knew when you came into your freshman year? What's one thing you knew when you started middle school? All of these different things where it's a chance, you know, to kind of honor their time for them to share their stories that at the same time you're casting vision to your incoming sixth graders or seventh graders or ninth graders or, or whatever it is. That was, that was always one of those. And you know, they would wear whatever, you know, like the college shirt, whatever, if they're going to college and a chance for them to talk about, you know, what are their dreams of what's next? And those were always just fun moments. Okay. So final question I want us to jump into here. So we've been talking about kind of programmatically as a ministry, what are we doing? How do we take advantage of, you know, the summer and how it's a little bit different, but as a ministry leader, so if we're the youth pastor, the key leaders, if we're the ones kind of in charge of of planning and making these things happen, what should we be doing over the summers? Not necessarily just showing up for these events and the programs and everything like that, that we know that we have to do, but over the uniqueness that is the summer, What do you feel like ministry leaders, youth ministry leaders, what should we be doing? A major piece. I mean, if you if you don't do this over the summer, you have failed. (laughs) I'm totally kidding. I'm totally, totally kidding. (laughs) But over the summer, you should definitely be planning your upcoming school year. Yeah, Um, that's a great opportunity to figure out what does the next school year look like, even if you don't have exact dates lined up. Figure out, you know, months that you want to do different things. Figure out, you know, maybe even conversations that you want to have if you're not using some sort of curriculum. Figure out what, what does that look like for yeah. your program for the next year. One of the things that we like to do um, at previous churches was put bookends on the summer. Kick off, I mean, end the school year in a bang and kick off the school year with the bang. You know, celebrate them both, right? Yeah. And at our beginning of the school year celebration, we were ready to hand out what our school year calendar look like? What is that? What does the school year look like so that families can be begin planning? They can begin knowing what how much money they need to save up for different events. Yep. Um, just have it already laid out. And then if you already have it laid out, it's easier for you to publicize it and market. You're not waiting to the le- last minute to plan and figure out what you're going to do. So just one is, I would say definitely is to plan the upcoming year. Yep. That's good. That's also good just for your personal mental health like mm-hmm. if you can have the whole next year planned mm-hmm. by the end of the summer fall doesn't feel like such a tsunami so sure. yeah <laughs> you know yeah is it possible you can tell me if it's not that we could give away our like our one-year plan hmm. and then you could if you use our curriculum or if you don't that's fine you can absolutely kind of borrow ideas but at least it's a starting place of what the next year could look like yeah i mean it's a it's if people go to start.xp3students.com and scroll down below the orientation videos, it's already there. Our scope right? and cycle is there. You can you can take a look at that, and whether you mm-hmm. use XP3 or not, you can start mm-hmm. to make some make some plans about what you where you're going to go. Mm-hmm. And if you've never heard of XP3 before or heard us talk about that, we're part of a, a team called Orange Students. We create a curriculum called XP3. There's XP3 Middle School for middle schoolers, XP3 High School for high schoolers. We'll throw some stuff in the show notes, some links for you to learn more about uh, about what we do and how what we do could be a I think a tremendous resource for you in the way that you're trying to reach the next generation. And I don't just say that as someone who gets to sit on this team, but as someone who has used this stuff in my own ministry for years and years. Yeah. That's, I think we, have we all, we've all, we were all customers at one Mm -hmm. point, weren't we? Yeah. That's really funny. I've never thought about that. 
I think if you don't have normal programming in the summer, I would encourage you to go check out another ministry, like yeah. another oh, yeah. church's mm-hmm. ministry, because and, and, and a lot of them, if you can, um, you have that opportunity when you don't have normal programming. That's because I think it re-inspires you. It helps you reimagine. It helps you think outside of the box of what's always been normal and always been done in your context. Yeah. And you're gonna you're gonna be able to observe ways things that you're like that would never work in our context. But now I I can I have words around that to yeah. explain it. Or oh that's really interesting. Maybe I can try it. And it can breathe life into you. Yep. Um, just to be around other youth ministry teams. You know, it's one of the most lonely jobs I've yeah. ever done. Um, so just being around other people doing it is super helpful. So I'd say that like, this was one thing is like, because kids are more available in the summer and it feels like more of you is expected to be available then, like whether Mm. you have Mm -hmm. an event every week or an event every month, or you're trying to meet with your small group leaders or recruit your small group leaders for the upcoming year. Like when school starts, it doesn't slow down. No, (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, you're like, okay, here's the summer stretch, but you're going into the school year where Mm. you need to be at the top of your game. So in the midst of all of the extras, find places where you can actually rest mm-hmm. and get time off and have vacation. It's okay to not have programming. I mean, that's what one of the reasons we it, like talked about the two week break, which was like the back to school break, yeah. we would call it rather than the summer break, I think. Um, and one of the way, things we said is, hey, s- school's about to kick off, which means parents, your kids are about to get even busier than they already are. So take this two weeks. As a family, you know, there's nothing we're planning in this time where your teenager is going to be like, no, I don't want to go yeah. on family vacation because mm-hmm. I want to go to camp or I want to go on that mission trip. And so we would plan that time. I would personally rest during that time, try to get all of my year planned before it. So during that time, I could rest to go into that yeah. school year. Yeah. I remember my best. Uh, my senior pastor at my last church would tell the staff, if you're, if you're not rested and ready for the fall, then that's your fault Mm -hmm. because he, he, they would, we would make sure Mm -hmm. as a church that, you know, we would try to make summers a space where at least, you know, staff were able to be ready for what, Mm -hmm. for what the fall was. I want to hop on what you said. And, um, my, I was going to give my answer, which is a non-answer. What I what I don't think you should do over the summer, but what I did way too often was recruit. Is mm-hmm. I waited for summer to try to recruit for fall. I mean, I remember having conversations with people in July about filling small group leader positions or or people who are gonna mm-hmm. try to be this role or, or that role. And we all get that sometimes it just is what it is and sometimes those are the things that happen. But as far as having a strategy for how we recruit, that should be happening yeah. in the spring. Yeah. That should be happening at the end of, of winter and not in the summer like I know that I did because that's when it felt most urgent. Because mm-hmm. in March, it doesn't necessarily feel super urgent. Or in January, it doesn't feel as urgent. Oh, I got plenty of time to figure that out. But in July, when you realize you're seven small group leaders short where you need to be in August, and then... yeah not going to have much success. And then right? nobody's at church that Sunday because yep. they're all on vacation. You can't the talk summer. to anybody. <laughs> One practical thing that I would add to do over the summer, if you don't have programming over the summer, reach out randomly to your volunteers and your small group leaders. Mm. Just to shoot them a quick, hey, I'm praying for you. Hey, I'm thinking about you. Text message. Maybe even just to, to keep volunteers and maybe even encouraging those who might oversee a kind of volu- a volunteer team to do the same. Because what it does is it shows your volunteers that you're thinking about them during non-programming times and their, and their value in your 
in your life and in the ministry goes beyond just what they can do for the ministry yeah. and what they can do in that space. But it just shows that you, it shows that you really, really care. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> One thing our church did that I thought was super fun was uh, for the beginning of the summer, they canceled youth group one night for the students, but not for the adults. <laughs> and we had adult youth group. I love it. And I love it. That's the fun. small group leaders played the games, had our own small <laughs> group, so own cool. worship. It was so fun. Um, Candace, you mentioned the resource you used to give families at the end of the school year. Um, I used to give small group leaders something similar mm. where we would do research of like, what are all the activities you can do and how much does it actually cost? Like do everything for them. What's the number you called? You need to make a reservation. How much does it cost? Mm. Where is it? What's the address? So small group leaders didn't have to do all of the research when they wanted to do something fun. And we would give an entire page of, of opportunities and, and things that like paint pottery or you can go play laser tag here and they mm-hmm. have a special on Wednesday nights mm-hmm. and it's this much and we would just do all of it for them so cool. and it made it so much easier yeah. for them to be motivated to actually do yeah. one of those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really cool. All right, so some of the key pieces that I'm taking away from this is how important it is for us to have a strategy over the summer and not to just allow summers to happen. That like you said, we need to set some unique goals, whether that's for us in our ministry or helping our small group leaders set some unique goals. And kind of Ashley, what you were saying, doing everything we can do on the front end to help our small group leaders succeed Mm -hmm. in what is just a a little bit of a different vibe uh, over the summers. And and to try to take advantage of wherever you are, whatever your context is, whatever summer is like for your community, something about it is different than the normal year. Mm -hmm. And so how to use it to your advantage to to enhance and increase the, the, the relationships that you have, whether it's with your small group leaders, with your students whatever it is. So before we wrap up, any any final things that you want to say about summer and ministry in the summer, all that fun stuff? I'd like to say to youth leaders, don't be discouraged by the decrease in numbers over mm-hmm. the summer, whether that's your volunteers or it's your students. Just be flexible with with kind of moving with the groove of your youth ministry and figuring that out and be proactive about it rather than reactive. And I know that there's a lot of pressure on everybody when it comes to numbers, but try to find creative ways to measure your success as a ministry in the summer Mm -hmm. that don't revolve around butts in a seat. Right. And a lot of times we've talked in this circle about the difference between attendance and engagement Mm -hmm. and thinking more about how am I engaging students? How many students are staying engaged? And summer is a great time to get creative and try new things. Mm -hmm. So maybe doing a podcast over the summer and sending that podcast to students or families that you know are going to be traveling and thinking about how do I engage more students even though I know less students might be yeah. just showing up. Yeah. I really hope that everyone listening um, really, really hears what Ashley said, because that is just so real and it's so essential. But I think that, you know, whatever your, your strategy looks like for the summer, I think it's helpful to brand it and just um, publicize it. And, publicize it as something that is unique and something that is different and then really just make sure that it is unique and it is different. Can't say you're going to have, you know, a hundred kids show up, Mm -hmm. but if it just allows you to, to push something different, try something different. And if it fails, guess what? It fails. Just don't do it again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so just, just, just whatever you pull together for this summer, just take an opportunity. So it really helps to to brand it and really just pub it as something that's uniquely different, a whole different package for for families, students to be a part of. Mm -hmm. So this is depressing, but, (laughs) (laughs) but I mean, we have found that when youth pastors transition one transition from one job to another, Mm -hmm. 
um, or from one job to I don't have a job. It usually happens in the summer because mm-hmm. that's when the clean break happens for students. Mm-hmm. And so we we created a resource for youth pastors that are in the process or are just arriving at their new church or just leaving their old one. It's called the XP3 Quit Kit. You can find it at xp3quitkit.com. But it's just resources for how to end a relationship with a church well, how to begin a new relationship with a new church well, and um, how to take your curriculum with you when you go and leave some behind so that there's a consistency in messaging for the student, even when there's not necessarily a consistency in the messenger. Yep. So yeah, if you quit your job, (laughs) xp3quickit.com. If you quit your job, we can help. All right. So this is actually the end of season two. So if you listen to this episode and you were like, Oh, that was a stinker. Sorry. You're going to have to wait until August (laughs) for the next one. But we had a good time having this conversation, (laughs) and we hope you didn't think it was uh, a stinker. So if you want to learn more about uh, the curriculum that we talked about that we're involved with, XP3, if you want links to XP3 Quick Kit or some of the other things that we had talked about today, like the small group leader goals, we're going to throw those up in the show notes. We would love for you to check out rethinkingym.org for more information, the links in those show notes, all that fun stuff. So you guys have a great strategic summer, (laughs) and we look forward to getting to hang out with you guys uh, back again in August uh, when the fall happens because we do take the summers off uh, with programming, even even if you don't. (laughs) But we're planning the whole next year in the process. That's right. (laughs) We are. We're being strategic about it. So ladies, thanks for hanging out and we will talk to you in a few months. Bye friends. Bye. Bye. Have fun.